Welcome to Pub Tech Nation. Weekly show where we discuss the most interesting news and stories related to the publishing and technology industry. I'm your host, Shovik Paul, and I'm joined by Mike Graham. Hi, Mike. Howdy, show. If you're joining us for the first time, uh, here's what happens. We're going to cover some really interesting headlines and topics, uh, again, all related to the and focused on the publishing and technology industry. And we're going to find a few other topics that we're going to go into in much more detail. So what do you think, Mike? Should we get started? Sounds great. Let's get started with some headlines. Uh, 9to5Mac reported on Apple's iOS 9 update, which for publishers will mean the death of the newsstand app as well as a new app, Apple News. Apple News has already partnered with notable publications like the New York Times and Vogue to give readers free articles per month, similar to the Flipboard app. It will allow users to create the news, the, the news content they care most about. Yeah, Mike, that is huge, huge news. And I know that's been on top of a lot of publishers' minds. So I really want to do a deeper dive into that. So maybe we bring bring that back during our Hot Topics discussion and really go into that a little bit later. Absolutely. It seems to be one of the biggest topics of what iOS 9 will mean for publishers come this fall. So absolutely, let's dig in a little bit later on. Yeah, go figure, right? Apple makes an announcement, everyone's scrambling. That's right. All right, moving on. Uh, Mashable reports that LinkedIn is giving their Pulse app a major facelift by bringing a human touch to the news. LinkedIn's news app Pulse is taking a more curated approach to surfacing news stories, basically will now allow uh, and display a feed of personalized stories based on a user's profile as opposed to this sort of endless RSS feed of stories. And according to Mashable, if the app detects a particular article is popular within a company uh, similar to the one that you work for, the app will surface that in your feed. Or if someone at another company with a similar job title shares a story, Pulse may pull it into your feed as well. Mike, it, it seems like we're sort of getting back to this whole curation movement, right? Like for, for the past few years, it was all about automation and, you know, aggregation of feeds and, you know, letting sort of the user decide right. what's relevant to them or what's not. And sort of like, here's a buffet of news. Come, you decide what you want to eat. And, and now more and more, it seems like brands are looking at going back to, hey, we're going to pick and choose what we think is going to be relevant for you and curating it or at least using data to curate it for the user. Absolutely. I mean, as a, as a Pulse user, even before LinkedIn bought Pulse, uh, this latest update is as massive of a deviation of what it used to be. Now, uh, now are, are you a Pulse user? Do, do you actively use that? Uh, personally, my, my uh, you know, when, when I think about what what news apps I use, um, it's really the question is like, where do I go for my daily news when I'm, you know, bored or I have five minutes or I'm drinking my coffee? What am I using? Uh, truth be told, Pulse is not really in that rotation any longer. Um, many users felt that LinkedIn didn't do the best job handling uh, the app's interface when they bought it. But getting back to your main point, I think you're absolutely right. I mean, Pulse used to be a stack of, of tiles that 
you know, you would have your publications lined up and you would have every article possible from Slate and Time and Wired. And it was just so much at once. And now it's, it's, it is a curated stream. It's a single feed. Uh, what I do like about it is, you know, LinkedIn is the, the one main professional network out there while, you know, you have Facebook versus Twitter versus, you know, Snapchat, Snapchat. exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Where, where LinkedIn, um, really sort of stands alone in the professional network. So can they be the, the news source, you know, whatever the, the old school newspaper used to be in yesteryear, um, the thing that people kick open every morning, I think if they do a good job with this curation and they make sure that, that the news they're delivering is relevant and is personalized to your position and your company, you know, I think it could make its way back into my daily rotation personally. What, why did you stop, stop using it in the first place? You know, I, I think that, uh, again, when uh, apps are, are difficult, if you have a, a bad update and things are a little buggy, there's so many alternatives that really end up surfacing. So, you know, I am a Flipboard user. I'm a Nuzzle user. I'm a Lynx user. You know, there's a lot of ways to get your daily news. And, of course, I mean, Facebook, which we're going to talk about a little more in the headlines, um, is massive, the biggest source of social traffic for publishers. So it was more that there's such great other options. Um, as soon as Pulse took a little bit of a turn for what I thought was the worst, um, I kind of uh, familiarized myself with these other apps, which are really great as well. All right, great. Moving on. TechCrunch reports Amazon announces new Fire tablets eating Kindles, and a special fire for kids. There's a variety of new devices out there. It looks like the Voyage, which is coming in at around $199, is going to be a really nice new e-ink tablet. Um, and these devices, they look thinner, they look sleeker, and the goal is to ship them by the holiday season. Show, what are you thinking here? You think the uh, Kindle can finally give the iPad a run for its money? You know, so I, I, I have all sorts of tablets, right? Um, and I, I think... The Kindle, I've always used the Kindle for my reading. I, I guess the, the iPad, especially pre-mini days, it was hard to read that in bed, right? It would, I'd doze off and have this permanent mark on top of my nose because it would just bang me in my nose. So I think, you know, uh, Amazon's done a great job with the Kindle and positioning it as like the format to read books on really, really well. This whole notion of like, Having tablets just for kids is really interesting to me, like specifically a kid tablet, which they right, just announced. Right. Like, do kids really do – like, why not just give them your old tablet? You know, mm -hmm. like the – we're upgrading tablets every – it seems like every year now because uh, Apple starts supporting them or whoever starts supporting the older versions. And Absolutely. why not just hand them down to your kids? But I also do think as far as giving Apple a run for its money, it's interesting because – you know, uh, speaking of uh, WWDC, where Apple made the announcements on you know the newsstand and all that mm -hmm, stuff, mm -hmm. they also announced some interesting updates to what's going to happen with the iPad. And one of the most interesting and fascinating updates that that will take place is the whole split screen, right? Right. Where you can now multitask. I think that's really interesting, especially for publishers, because I would find myself anyway reading a lot of, for example, news and magazine content on my iPad while I'm watching TV. It was sort of that dual screen right. experience. However, it, like up until now, if let's say I'm watching Netflix on my iPad, there was no way for me to do that and read an article, right? My, my, my favorite magazine or, you know, New York Times or whatever else. And I think what's going to be really interesting about the split screen is the fact that I can maybe watch 
you know, uh, my, you know, Orange is the New Black mm-hmm. while I'm reading uh, my favorite magazine or whatever else. And let's see what that does. By the way, that's still playing catch up to surface, right? That's been I, I, around. Absolutely. Well, I mean, something that's very clear, show, is that you are the greatest multitasker of all time. <laughs> show likes to watch videos and read and check his Apple Watch and look at his Apple TV all at once. Um, no, uh, the, while, while, while playing uh, Candy Crush with my toes. Oh, 100%. <laughs> uh, the split screen is a little bit of a catch-up feature. As an iPad user and an Apple guy, I mean, it's going to be awesome. I think it's a, it's a fantastic feature. And, I mean, I agree with you. iPad is still... The premier tablet, it, it absolutely is. Um, the thing that I think makes this uh, these new round of Amazon tablets interesting is, you know, one thing that we could say for certain is tablet usage is down. Our phones are, are getting bigger. Uh, mobile usage is obviously exploding. We don't even need to go there yet. Um, but tablet usage overall is down. So. I think Amazon has an opportunity here. If people are starting to treat their tablets more as an entertainment device, something that's a, a little bit more of a you know fringe type of use, I read here and I watch my Netflix here, but that's sort of it, people may want to invest in something that's a little bit cheaper but still great. So I think Amazon might be able to make a splash with these devices. Great. Moving on. Uh, Mashable reports that Adobe is looking to bridge the gap between mobile and desktop. Adobe has released nine new and updated apps, including Adobe Brush, Adobe Shape, uh, and that is aimed to really help users seamlessly transition projects and workflows from mobile to desktop. And in addition, uh, they have enhanced Creative Cloud tools and improved touch optimization for the Surface Pro 3 uh, and Windows 8 devices. Well, that's really interesting, right, Mike? Like, it seemed to me that most publishers... If you're a book publisher, you were really concerned about EPUB and getting your stuff onto, like, Amazon. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and if you had, like, a magazine or news, you were really concerned about, really, the iOS and Android market, right? Windows was never really a thing. So it's interesting to see this sort of, you know, now tools being being created to optimize for Windows and, and the Windows right. tablet. It is, is Windows making a comeback? Uh, is, is I can't I don't know if I could say Windows is making a comeback. I think Microsoft is making a comeback. Um, you know they are doing. Uh, you look at the past twelve months, and Microsoft has announced awesome stuff with their Xbox, with their Hololens. Uh, I think yesterday actually, um, the Microsoft Office suite is now available for Android. Um, so Microsoft has been making some really exciting moves as a company. Um, but I mean, you bring up an interesting point. You know, Adobe, who's sort of the juggernaut of publishing software, if they're making their software optimized for Windows 8 devices, maybe they're anticipating um, you know better sales and Microsoft really getting a higher market share. As it stands today. The numbers of Microsoft smartphones and tablets are still, uh, you know, I don't know if negligible is the right word, but, you know, they're still playing in that 5% or less um, sort of uh, part of the paradigm. So I, I would venture to say that it still is negligible when we think about Windows devices, but hopefully they could go on a run. Especially when it comes to things like in-app purchases, right? Because the reality is, like, when I talk to magazine publishers, they say to me, yeah, look, you know, uh Really, all of those, you know, subscriptions and single issues are being bought predominantly, even today, on Apple devices, right? On iOS, absolutely. Uh, Amazon, uh, I'm sorry, Android, no doubt, has been picking up a lot of steam, especially mm-hmm. over the last two years, right? Uh, as far as like app downloads go, they're probably neck to neck, but like payment wise, 
it's still heavy on Apple, uh, Apple and, and everything. And then there's this category of everything else, right? Um, and I think that's what you're referring to, right? In terms of, of like, uh, absolutely, absolutely. So, so much of the success of these devices, as we know very well, is about the developer community that's behind them. So the developers will have to get behind Microsoft. Um, but the fact that a company like Adobe is making sure that their tools are going to be able to optimize, I think that's a great first step. So we'll see what happens there. All right. Next up, Ventures invests $3.5 million in digital book publishing platform Pronoun. Uh, Pronoun is, once again, a digital book publishing platform. Um, the platform uses technology and data to empower authors to create, distribute, and market their books while controlling all intellectual property rights and keeping a whopping 100% of earnings. Yeah. Uh, good for them. Um and good luck to them. Absolutely. <laughs> that's, that's a fairly crowded market space there in there. Uh, hopefully they do well. Um, so The Verge reports that Facebook is preparing for a flood of new instant articles in your feed. Wow. Yeah. Uh, so these new articles, currently only available on the Facebook iOS apps, will be packaged with short video clips designed to load quickly on mobile devices. And the new feature was basically introduced on May 13th, uh, so it's been a little bit of time now. Right. And, um, you know, they featured stories basically from, like, National Geographic, The New York Times, Atlantic, BuzzFeed. But the interesting thing is, since then, there haven't been a lot of follow-up stories from these brands. Um, but uh, according to the Wall Street Journal, uh, things are about to really change. The New York Times is getting ready to right. publish over 30 stories a day. Uh, this is really interesting, right? Like we, we, we've been hearing more and more about these social media uh, and social apps like Snapchat getting into the news world. So, mm. Mike, specifically with Facebook, what, what do you think? You think people will just get annoyed? Like, is this why people go to Facebook? Are they, are they you know, now you like a page, you still see some news right, feeds. Right. What, 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 what does this change? Well, like everything else, we're going to have to see how this plays out. I mean, like, there's no doubt people are consuming massive amounts of content on Facebook. Um, to me, Instant Articles was about, and hopefully still is about, making the, the loading and the rendering of those articles extremely fast and making the format look awesome. Uh, to me, if, if they're cutting down on load times and they're making things just work faster, um, those are great enhancements. Now, what I get worried about is, you know, because Instant Articles does do a faster and better job of loading, are they going to start inundating us with even more and more content from these publishing partners that we may or may not care about? Um, ultimately, you have to wonder, are they going to do the same thing with, um, you know, content as they did with messaging, where Facebook Messenger, of course, is a standalone app. They had a brief stint uh, with Facebook Paper, which I believe still is available, but I know the, um, the uptake on the Facebook Paper app which was supposed to, again, was yeah, drawn I, up like a Flipboard competitor. I was a big fan of that, actually. I think it's pretty cool. I think, I think it's pretty cool. The, um, it goes to show you, though, how, A, crowded this space is. Um, we talked about LinkedIn Pulse before and all these other similar types of apps, how, how crowded this space is. And even when you, you know, have a great and beautiful product, which I think Facebook Paper does uh, accomplish both those things. It's pretty great and it's pretty beautiful. It's, it's tough to get user adoption. Users are very fickle and they sort of go wherever, you know, their friends and, and the news is, is drawing them. So I think Instant Articles will be great from a functionality standpoint. The real question to me is, is this going to change the way that Facebook is curating and, and at what rate they're putting articles in front of us? Well, yeah, I guess uh, 
you know, as long as it doesn't get in the way of all the dog pictures and the baby pictures, baby people pictures, will be okay, right? Engagement rings, you know. <laughs> I, yeah. <laughs> yeah, as long as it doesn't get in the way of that, I think people will be okay with it. Let's see Absolutely. how that pans out. So this is an interesting one. The rise of paywalls is back. Um, Pando is actually the latest to introduce introduce a membership model. Um, PubExec reported on Monday that Pando, which is a popular tech news uh, blog, joined the ranks of Slate and Time, becoming the latest media company to turn its online content model from free-to-all to freemium. The site launched a membership-driven paywall where the newest articles on the site will be available to members first. These memberships, uh, at least for Pando, are going to cost $10 a month or $100 for the year. Now, I think this is an unbelievably interesting topic. Um, it, it's it's uh, getting users to pay for content, the, the oldest trick in the book in the magazine world. Um, we've seen other publishers do this in the past. Recently, we've seen Time and Slate do this. Um, I think what's really interesting is the last part of the headline where it says, Pando promises more exclusive member features to come. To me, my personal opinion, um, calling this a membership is really what makes it appealing. You know, um, a paywall usually sort of entails, you know, you're going to get a certain amount of content. Um, and if you are a member, you're going to get all of it and it's completely content related. Um, I think what makes these potential memberships interesting um, is having other benefits. I know Pando specifically does do a lot of events. If I'm going to get discounts on events or, or even free access, or maybe there's other sort of vendors that I can um, get discounts on, if, if there's a variety of benefits in addition to the content, to me, that's what would make me think that, you know what, I really like this blog and I read their stuff and I'm, I'm okay with paying $5, $10, $15 per month because there's blatant uh, there's a blatant variety of benefits with my so, members. So if they send you a hat, once a year, and they were not at that. You that know, that if, I, if, I, if I wore more hats and it was like a pretty sweet looking hat, I mean, listen, of course, yeah, that could affect it. No, but that is interesting, right? Like, I, I, I like where you know where you're going with that. In other words, instead of just saying the only benefit you get is get access to our content, this becomes much more about like a value add of being a part of a club, right, is the way to look at it? It does. It does. You know, I, I mean, the, the incumbents, the, the, the stories, the, the publishers that we always talk about when we think paywall, to me, it always comes back to the New York Times, the Wall Street Journal, you know, although that their uh, their growth has, has sort of uh, become a little stagnant, I think they're still driving a, a very solid amount of revenue through those subscriptions, but that's business news. I mean, those are those are people that need this news, and the content itself is the reason for actually becoming a premium member. Now, when you well, get I mean, into the New York Times, is a business news, but 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 it's but it's a big name brand, absolutely. right? Like like this is interesting, but I wonder how scalable this is, right? right? Like, great. So you're New York Times, you're Pando, you've got name recognition, but what if you are a much more mid tier or small tier publication? Mm -hmm. Is is it too late? Is it? Are we too far down that rabbit hole to now start saying to people, you have to start paying for content and the only way to optimize or monetize is through eyeballs and advertising? You know, it's, it's, it's going to be a very case-by-case -case thing. You think about uh, webinars and exclusive video feature. You know, I, I'm, I guess just to clarify, I don't think that content itself can't draw someone into a paywall. I think that 
just whatever the publisher is doing with their content, maybe some exclusive video features. And again, if they incorporate other sorts of membership benefits, that's really what I think will make this interesting for the, the loyalists of certain brands. I, I don't think that any publisher is going to get 100% of their you know unique monthly visitors to become a paid member. But if they could carve out a really loyal user base and get them to actually pay you know hard dollars and cents as opposed to just purely relying on the CPM model, then uh, it could work out well for Pando and, and the like. Great. Great, great. All right, so that wraps up the headlines. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to take a really quick break and thank our uh, uh, sponsors. Uh, today's show is brought to you by Maz Digital. Um, basically, if you don't know about Maz, uh, Maz is what WordPress did for the web. Maz did for apps, right? You go to uh, to their website, you sign up. Uh, it doesn't matter if you're a book publisher, if you're a magazine, if you're a brand. You need an app really quickly that works across all the platforms, iOS, Android, uh, Kindle, Kindle Fire, uh, even an HTML5 button. You upload your content, drag and drop videos, multimedia, and they output this amazing app. They maintain it for you. Uh, and uh, uh, be sure to go visit mazdigital.com, M-A-Z-D-I-G-I-T-A-L.com, and mention PubTech Nation to receive 10% off all their standard pricing plans. All right. So moving on, uh, let's go and do a deeper dive into this huge announcement that Apple made a few, what's it been like, about two weeks or so? Yeah, I think almost actually three weeks, but as of today, actually. Great. Yeah. Um, uh, about iOS 9, right? iOS 9, yep. It comes with a variety of updates. Of course, at PubTech Nation, we're going to focus on the things that uh, really affect publishers most. So it seems like there's really two major announcements as it relates to publishers. And from, from my conversations with publishers and all these different magazine brands is I think the biggest misnomer that we want to deconstruct today is that they are uh, completely tied to, to each other. So let me, let me clarify. There's two things that happen. As we mentioned before, there's going to be a new app that Apple ships on all iPhones and iPads called Apple News. Additionally, the newsstand app that has been around for three to four years will no longer uh, be active. They're going to be removing the newsstand app. So the newsstand is gone, and this new Apple News app is here. Um, many of the publications out there have been framing this like Apple News is replacing the newsstand, which I don't think entirely is accurate. So, show can you maybe maybe let's let's break them apart. Let's maybe start with the Apple News app. Can you give us um a brief rundown of what the Apple News app will be? Yeah. So the Apple News app is basically uh, a aggregator of RSS feeds, much like uh, Flipboard, right? Mm. To put it really simply, look, I, I it think... seems to be a trend of what, what, we're, what we're dealing <laughs> yeah, with. Yeah, exactly. But essentially, as a brand, you go, you provide uh, your feed to Apple, and, uh, and... And that is currently available. Publishers can go to their iCloud account and, and submit their feeds to Apple currently for approval. For, for approval. Yeah, they've opened Great. this up. Exactly. Yep. And what they're going to do is essentially aggregate it all into this app called the News app. Mm-hmm. And again, if you've ever used Flipboard or the all these other apps that we, we've been mm-hmm. talking about, uh, it's going to work pretty much the same. The user's going to come in. They're going to say, hey, um, here are my preferences. These are the types of publications I like. Here are my interests. And Apple's going to basically display that content in a live feed right. um, in inside of this one app. Now, the big sort of question, or the other side of the mm-hmm. coin is, well, great, but 
that's just taking again a feed off of mm-hmm. my my if I'm the brand, if I'm the publisher, this is all free stuff and free content I have on my website anyway. What about that paywall content? So right. in the case of magazines, what about that magazine that I was selling subscriptions for digitally? Right. Right in the newsstand. What happened to that? Right. Right. And that's that's a big, big question. And I think that's you know, you're referring to like you know, a lot of these things saying they kill the newsstand. I think it's important to sort of dive into that a little bit and explain well, what happened if you did have a newsstand app. Like if right. you're a publisher, you had a newsstand app, did it just disappear or, 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 or what happened? Absolutely. Yeah. The removal of the newsstand is the, the part two. And, and even just to wrap up the Apple News app, my, my personal perspective is, I mean, Apple's playing with two distinct advantages. One, they're Apple and they have amazing developers and they tend to put out great products. So I think the app itself will be great. And two, Again, they're Apple, and this will ship with every device. So two huge advantages of why, who knows, this might be a better Flipboard-type product. Um, but I think you're right, though. It doesn't solve the paid subscription problem. I think this is going to be a great traffic generator for the largest publishers out there. But, you know, there's a reason and, why. And, and how, are they, how are they monetizing it? Like, Currently, I believe that it's going to load an instance of um, – well, you actually will be able to tap into Apple's iAd mm-hmm, network. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I believe that um, it will actually render, uh, in some instances, the, the web view of the story. So um, advertisements that the publishers place themselves, um, that's going to be 100% towards the publisher, which mm-hmm. I think is actually a really – you know Apple is known to try to take their cut out of things. So I think it's nice that if the – Publisher places the ad, it's 100%, goes to the publisher. If it comes from iAds or facilitated through some other way from Apple, I believe it's a 70-30 split, which is similar to their app store right. split. Right. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So let's maybe let's maybe move away from the Apple news. Let's talk about, again, one of the hottest and most confusing things, which is uh, the removal of the newsstand. Um, the funny part about it, Joe, is that it actually, in reality, is not as confusing as it seems. Can you maybe open up what this really means yeah, I mean, look, the newsstand was really a shell, right? Mm-hmm. Those were all just apps inside of this shell called the newsstand, which I know a lot of people hid in a folder along with the Compass app and the stock app. And right. it seems like Apple's got uh, all the native apps that they make from, for their own brand and, to, and, to end up in some random folder. And that, and that right there is what probably is still one of the biggest misconceptions is when people say, is it an app or is it a newsstand app? That file that you're actually submitting to Apple is identical. The newsstand is literally just a folder on your device and a section in the App Store. Right, right. So what's ha- what's going to happen is when this iOS 9 update comes through, which, by the way, uh, historically has always happened uh, around like September, like mid-September. Mm. So it's probably going to happen around like September 18th or the 20th. Like, between the 18th to like the 25th, right. that's that's what I think is going to happen. Some, sometime in that time frame, when you update your your device, it's going to basically take. Let's say you have uh, two publications in the newsstand currently on your device. On your device, okay. it will just take it out of the newsstand, put it into a folder. You know, just like you have like a games folder, maybe with okay. like multiple games. Mm-hmm. It'll just take those out, create little icons. And they'll become standalone apps in that folder. You can, of course, then take that folder and take those apps out of the folder and put it onto right. your, your main screen or whatever else. But essentially, they become standalone apps as opposed to being 
uh, a, a, a sort of like just a cover inside in that, of the news in folder. Right. In that folder. And, 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 and do we yet know, is there any fundamental functionality change that we're anticipating? To my knowledge, there's nothing that we know of right now that is going to make these apps function any differently than they used to. Not that we know. So here's what we do now, right? So A, they become standalone apps. Right now, they would display, like in your existing newsstand, it displays a cover, mm-hmm. the, the latest cover. That goes away. Right, so it's can't, gonna I can't live without my covers, man. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't know. What are we this. gonna do? But it's gonna display the app icon. Okay. Right. I actually think that's great because suddenly that icon, just like my Facebook icon or whatever else, is now like it's branding an app. It's a branding app. Mm-hmm. It's living on that desktop. Right. So that's number one. The categories, as far as we can tell, stay the same. Right. So okay. those those uh, those. Um, you know, uh, newsstand categories mm-hmm. like, you know, sports and entertainment and life, all of those will remain. Um, and, you know, these, when, when you, when you upload an app or when you have an app <clears throat> for any of those, anyone, any of our publishers that are listening, they'll know this, that they can update screenshots, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, so, you know, like as far as we can tell, uh, now, dynamically, you can keep updating the screenshots, okay? Here's what we don't know, Mike. So we don't know what happens in the case of free subscriptions. So in other words, let's say you had a newsstand, uh, a, a newsstand issue which offered free subscriptions. Mm-hmm. We don't know what happens next because that was unique to the newsstand okay. functionality. Um, the other unique feature of the newsstand uh, was auto renewals on the monthly billing. Right, so I come in, I pay one ninety nine a month for your issue. Automatically bills my credit card every month. We don't know what happens with that. I'm assuming Apple's won't touch this because because yeah, they're making money off yeah. of this, right? But again, there hasn't been any confirmation right. from Apple on this. Um, another uh, feature unique to the newsstand was the auto issue download. In yep. other words, I subscribe, right. I come in the next day, and it's just waiting for me. Um, don't know what's going to happen with that. Um, and there used to be a, this feed called the new issue p- push. In other words, push notifications, I think is one Based of the on a new issue. Oh, oh yeah. The new issue sure. comes out and automatically does a push saying, Hey, the new issue is out. Okay. Right. Um, and, uh, and this is getting a little technical, but apps, you, you know, um, well, you know, the question is, will apps still be locked to a particular dev account? Right. right. So in other words, I have a dev account. Let's say my magazine sells to somebody else and they have their dev account. You know, currently I can't switch that out because of the in-app purchases, because of the in-app purchases that are tied to it. Right. So so those are five sort of like nitty gritty technical questions. Mm -hmm. My assumption is, and I could be dead wrong. I think all these things are going to stay consistent. Um, I don't think there's going to be any changes between it. I think they'll still offer the auto downloads and the pushes and dev accounts will be locked for in-app purchases. But I mean, those things remain to be seen. Luckily, I mean, these don't look like deal breaker items. If I were, you know, publishing my magazine on the newsstand, um, if we sort of zoom back out here and really try to cut to the core of what the difference will be, I think that um, basically, you know, the, the the people that would be opposed to this or upset by this are probably still believers that you know, an everyday user goes into the app store and was going into the newsstand section of the app store and perusing digital magazine covers as if I was in an airport at a Hudson News. I mean, wasn't that the original uh, point of creating the newsstand was to give more visibility to, to the publishers? Mm-hmm. But, it, but it turns out that 
that's not where these app downloads were coming from. They were coming from in-app store searches. It was coming from clicking on app banners from the publisher's website or ideally, you know, social sharing and people, you know, tweeting things out of the app and, and other users discovering it socially. So I don't think there's that much of a concession to not having the newsstand be in the app store. What we gain though, so that, that's looking at it from the app store perspective. Let's look at the device perspective perspective. This is a small but I think significant change that I can now take, you know, my New York Mag app, for instance, and drag it to my front screen or even put it down in my dock. Um, the fact that there's going to be dedicated app icons that are not kind of ghettoized into this newsstand folder, to me, that, that I mean, that's what makes me personally remember that, oh, I should check this app because it's sitting there, you know, right in front of my face. So the ability for me to reconfigure how the... The, the real estate of these apps on my phone and on my tablet, um, to me, it's actually going to be something that makes me launch these apps much more often. Um, what are your thoughts there? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's a it's a really great thing, right? Um, I, I I know a lot of publishers were sort of like freaking out, saying, "Well, what what does this mean?" And I and I think that it, it just means that if you play your cards right, it will give you more visibility and more stickiness with your app like th th there's more chance of engagement now than something that was like hidden in some like subfolder on the right. last screen of your phone right or your tablet i do however think that brands will now well publishers will have to now start thinking more about what this app does right absolutely it, it, it used to be in the newsstand like hey just come here just to download a magazine mm -hmm. right pay for it and download the right. magazine and let, now, me, let, let me actually—I uh, know exactly where you're going with this. I was—I uh, subscribed to the Bo Sachs newsletter, which for any publishers out there, it's an unbelievable newsletter. Uh, Bo Sachs. Um, I think he—I don't know whether it was his comment or something he was covering. Uh, however, a couple of weeks ago, when this first was announced, he said the, the analogy was: there's a you know a thirsty, destitute man walking through the desert, you know, and he's and he's kind of uh, he's suffering out there, and this change is like that guy getting a new pair of shoes so his, his feet aren't burning. And I thought it was kind of a funny analogy because his, his feet are feeling a little bit better. It's, it's, an, it's a little bit of an upgrade, but he's still dehydrated in the desert. So I get what you're saying. There is a much bigger question here, which is what did these apps do? And now that people should not be thinking of them as purely digital you know, like a vessel to deliver a magazine. Exactly. It, it has to do more. And, and I think the brand's that will do well are the brands that have an app where they can not only deliver the magazine, because I, I do think that's still a critical important right. part of like, Agreed. hey, you know, have, um, you know, come pay for something. Are, and get that's it. what people are paying for, Cur right? Curated content, exactly, right? right? That you're not going to find everywhere right. else. But has a, a almost like an aggregator of everything in one place, right? Mm -hmm. um, where... I can just press this one button, sort of like what we were talking about Facebook. I get my dog pictures, the baby pictures, right? Like updates on right. people's lives and I'm getting my news. It's all about making it convenient. And I think that like with brands that, you know, say, hey, listen, come to our app. You can get maybe all of our, all the things that we're working on. Maybe we have a store, an online mm -hmm. store where you can go buy, you know, all the goods that we sell in our magazine. You can get that in the app. You can look at our Twitter feeds in the app and our Pinterest wall and everything along with buying a magazine. Mm -hmm. It gives me a reason to use the app on a daily basis. I think the important thing to note here is it's not like 
this brand is suddenly competing against their competitors in the magazine world, right? Uh, it's, and, and what exactly do you mean? Uh, like, like, with- in other words, it, typically it's, you know, all right, in the, in, in the print world, I'm competing against a business magazine. I'm competing against another business magazine. Yep. What I think is happening now and the way uh, publishers should look at this is you're competing against Facebook and Candy Crush and anything else where the user mm-hmm. is saying, okay, I'm using these other apps like Candy Crush or whatever else on a daily, if not hourly basis, Twitter I'm on like all the time, Mm -hmm. right? And it's because the brand's reaching out to me saying, there's an update, there's an update, your friend just liked something, posted a picture, or there's a new news. It's pulling me back into the app. And that's what you're... With new content. With With new new content. And I think brands that will do well are the brands that say, great, we actually do have all this great content. In other words, most of these brands have... Twitter pages and Facebook pages, they're, they're updating all, and they're not looking at it as content, right, but that is right. content. If they can start leveraging the app and saying, hey, there's all this breaking news on our, you know, there's trending news, there's this, there's that. Right now, it's, it's I would find it if I went to their Facebook wall, if I went to their Twitter wall, if I saw the latest posts on Instagram. I'm not doing any of those things. An average user isn't mm-hmm. with all, with because it's so fragmented, right? If they can now pull it in, wrap it into one, I think it becomes a much more viable argument to the end user to say, download this one button mm-hmm. and make it really easy for you to get all the stuff in one place. And by the way, if you like it, you should pay for this curated right. content inside of the app. It, it, it's such a interesting and almost funny juxtaposition between our last topic before this main dissection, which was, you know, web paywalls, because it, it's almost the exact opposite, right? Websites are, have been ad supporting free content and they're trying to say, how the heck do I get someone to pay for this? And now newsstand apps, which are the complete opposite, which usually entail downloading an app and then immediately asking people to pay for things. I think they're asking their uh, the question of how do we layer in free and compelling content? Um, so they're sort of intersecting at the middle. I, th- I think you're right. I think newsstand apps absolutely do need to figure out how do we get people to check back more often? How do we maybe incorporate that freemium model where you have a more casual user that gets free content curated to them as well as a premium option to subscribe. So definitely lots of overlapping, you know, topics. I have a feeling, Mike, we're going to be talking about this in future podcasts. We'll definitely have to keep our our listeners updated on all the different, uh, you know, updates as we learn more and we get confirmation. This, this is going to be an ongoing thing. Absolutely. So I want to thank everyone again for tuning in to Pub Tech Nation. Uh, a big thank you again to our sponsor, Maz Digital. Um, and if you want to recommend some topics for us to cover in the next show, please drop us a note at pubtechnation, that's P-U-B tech, T-E-C-H nation, at gmail.com. And you can also follow us on Twitter at Pub Tech Nation and like us on Facebook. Great. Uh, Be sure to listen in next week. Uh, Thank you guys. And uh, more to come soon. Thanks, Mike. Take care. Bye.